Hello everyone and welcome back to Yala Rocks. Today we have a special treat. Nawara of Morocco joins us to talk about the different dances of Morocco, specifically today, the Shakat and the Shabi. Much like any country, Morocco is a diverse nation with many, many different styles of dance. And hoping to learn more about the North African part of Minot, we are super excited to bring you this resource for learning more specifically about the dances of Morocco. Noara was born and raised in Casablanca, is a North African dance researcher, dancer, and performer, and is a freelance lecturer on North African cultural heritage at various universities, and I am so excited for her to be joining us today to share some of her knowledge. She's also one of our teachers in this year's bundle, where she'll be diving deeper into the two dances that we talk about today. Hello, dancers, and welcome to Yala Rocks, the belly dance podcast that helps you design your personal practice. I'm your host, Tiffany, and with me today, we have Noara of Morocco. Noara, welcome to the podcast. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I'm absolutely, absolutely excited to be part of the uh, dance bundle this year. Um, thank you for having me. Of course. So can you start us off? Tell us a little bit about yourself. What did what role did dance play growing up? What made you decide to make it into a career? Tell us, tell us all the things, Noara. Oh, how how many times do you have for me today? <laughs> <laughs> so I never stopped. Right, okay. Um right. Um uh, if I may say I'm one of the UK Moroccan dance teacher. Uh, I was born and bred in Casablanca, that is Morocco. Uh, I moved to the UK in 1996, uh, seeking uh, a master and a PhD in drama, uh, and obviously carried on, uh, you know, living and surviving. I didn't, when I first moved into the UK that time, I didn't intend to actually move here to immigrate. It was just a matter of studying and going back. But obviously life takes you from here and there and everywhere and you end up living and then again, that's it, you settled. Um, I was born in a within an environment of dance and music and chanting and singing from father and aunties and cousins and all that. So I grew up in that environment of the um, dance and art. Um, and obviously with my studies and seeking um, the drama, I've opened myself into learning a lot more about my own culture, especially when I moved over here, and I found a huge interest from the um, British market, wanting to learn a lot about North African and mainly Moroccan, uh, and I studied and I researched, and I, and I was lucky enough, I mean, you know, to work with various top teachers in the uh, in the world, you know, and seeking information from them and, you know, uh, getting a lot, you know, uh, information and all that from them. So, yeah, that's been, I mean, looking back, it's over 23 years in the UK, which we do normally say, don't get it for murder, but I got it in the UK. And, um, yeah, so um, I, I'm a freelance a university teacher on the multicultural uh, subjects and uh, at the Oldsville University and that's in the UK. Um, I do work as well in Birmingham Uni and, and London Uni as well sometimes as you, you know when required. Um, and then I have been um, an Arabian, if I may say Arabian, we don't use the word body dance, but the Arabian dance teacher. Uh, for over 22 years and I was lucky enough to be 
various places around the world representing my uh, own heritage, and that is called Dance everywhere. I have a touring dance group as well. Uh, I mean, I was the director of a dance group under the title of Fenew, Fenew Dance Group, and it's uh, it's all the UK representing folkloric from all over the Arabian uh, countries, from North Africa to Middle East. Um, and I also now run an agency, uh, mainly to Morocco, and it's mainly to share the Moroccan dance in its, uh, in its um, how am I gonna, in its real and authentic tableau or region, if that makes sense. Uh, these trips take twice a year now, and they've been going for the last 15 years, absolutely amazing. So, yeah, this is, like I said, very, very short and brief of me. And like I said to you earlier on, how, how long have you got for me? <laughs> so for this year's bundle, you are going to be presenting, and I'm going to do my best here. You are presenting the differences between two Moroccan dance styles, the Shakat and the Sha'abi. Very much indeed, yes. Yeah, and you pronounced it very well, so well done. <laughs> we, we had a training session before we started, everybody who's listening I wanted to be sure to get it right. So can you tell us a little bit more about these two styles within Moroccan culture, within Moroccan dance? And clearly these aren't even, these aren't the only dances. There are so many dances of Morocco. Absolutely, there's over 25 styles dances in Morocco. Okay, so right, okay, well, before we um, start, I would just like to pinpoint a few things about Morocco as a country. Okay, absolutely, go for it. Uh, Morocco is a North African country, uh, it's one of the North African countries, uh, and Morocco itself as a word, which is al Maghrib, al Maghrib, this is how we pronounce it, al Maghrib, it means the sunset. It doesn't mean the West, as we've seen. No, it means the sunset. That is what it is, what it actually means. And the reason why it's been referred to as a sunset is where the sun goes down. So if you are in Middle East, for them, the area of the place, Maghrib, it's where the sun goes down. Morocco as a country, the original inhabitants of Morocco are the Emesir also known as Berbers. There's a there's the, the terminology debate nowadays, but we would rather use the word Amazigh, and this is our main origin. Who traces from the ancient origin, and they came from Yemen and Syria via Egypt and Sudan. People, most people are actually, how am I going to say it, mistaken by the word Amazigh. The Amazigh, yes, they do exist. They they, they settled in North Africa, but they came originally from Yemen, and there's a different sources where they came from. Some reckon from Yemen, some reckon from different parts, and I'm not going to go into that because that would be another session, and also Syria. But we do find the Emezir as well in Egypt and Sudan. And whereabouts in Egypt? That is for Hayrat Siwa, or Siwa Lakes. The Siwa Lakes mm-hmm. in Egypt is inhabited by the Amazigh. Because people usually, when they hear the Amazigh, they think that we're just in North Africa. No, we're not. But we spread actually in North Africa up to Egypt, and you'll find them in Yemen. And, and anyway, when Islam came in, the Arabs conquered and obviously settled in North Africa. So it was the Arabs that brought um, the actual Arabic and the Islam to North Africa. 
without going through the history and into more details, like I said, that I would need another completely different session. So um, Morocco as a country has so many influences in their music and culture. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's that because of that diversity we as a country are, our music, our culture, our everyday life really is influenced by so many things, okay? Now, coming back to this subject, which, uh, I mean, you kindly asked me to share, the shikants. Now, the shikants, uh, who are these shikants? Shikants, it's the word shikants itself, it's a plural, and it refers to a female singers and performance, okay? A singular word, it's shika or shikha, okay? And the shikha usually, it's also referred to as ma'alma, which means the boss, ma'alma. Which is the boss, right? Trying to repeat this for whoever's interested to, to just don't get the wording quite right. And it's it's it is actually a wise woman, respected and quite with a skill, uh, skill of singing, skill of dwelling, skill of chanting, and that's usually a skill that is not easily required by anybody. So you have to have a special woman with that deeper voice that will be able to perform to, to actually sing that. Um, so basically, these shikars that represent the eternal Moroccan women who cries and even screams and tells stories. Okay, and uh, they're not only found in um, in the areas most associated with shikars. Shikars, it's it, the problem is with shikars, and that unfortunately that's what's been maybe you know been shared on YouTube. You know, when you see the group of women and a certain. Uh, outfits and it's shikat and they call them shikat. The thing is with this word, because we've had this debate with so many, um, you know, students and fellow teachers before, in the colloquial spoken Moroccan Derija Arabic, anybody that sings is referred to as shikha or shika, or anybody that dance referred to as shika. That's but it's not necessarily mean they are representing the shikant style of dance, mm, if that mm -hmm. makes sense. Yes. So the terminology can quite be quite misleading sometimes. When we teach the shikant, we are actually teaching the art of the shikhats. We are teaching the shikhats and the aida, which is the style of the singing or the style of the music they sing, these women sing and perform. So the style is absolutely completely different. Whereas when we speak as the colloquial spoken Moroccan, we say also oh, so shikha or shikant, then I don't refer to them as those groups that are actually singing the proper aita. No, we're referring to them as dancers, as performers. Does that make sense? I'm not sure if I'm making myself quite clear. Yes. Here. Absolutely. I feel like dance does this a lot where we have a term, one term that means so many different things depending on the context in which it's used. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we have to be very careful. But what we are, well, what, well, what I'm trying and some of my uh, friends, uh, teachers are trying to do is basically show this art as it is, as a shikat. And the shikats are performers and singers that sing a certain style of singing. It's called al-aita, al-aita, A-I-T-A. And what's al-aita? Al-aita is poetry. Al-aita is poetry. So this poetry is actually sung 
by these wise women. And what this poetry about is about life, nostalgia, happiness, sadness, uh, lands being taken, freedom that's been taken, loss of family, loss of this. So these poetry are so powerful and meaningful for these women to actually, you know, when they sing. So, which reflects on the dancing as well. You know, when the dancing are actually done, it reflects whatever that poetry is about. There's light and healthy. Yeah, there's the stories. In fact, some of the um, some of the Moroccans. I mean, I'm, I'm uh, you know biographers. You know, uh, people that actually write about history in Morocco. We refer to Shikhat as storytellers, as historians because they're actually, you know, passing on stories from one generation to another, to another in the form of a poetry, in form of a meaning, you know, sort of thing. So that's the word shikhat, that's the proper word shikhat, not referring to it as just a dancer, but whereas when you go to Morocco and you speak to someone and you say to someone, oh, oh, all right, okay, is that what you do? Are you shikhat? Are you sure that means, you know, are you, are you just a dancer? Are you this? You know, and that is completely different from the actual form of the art. Yeah. So obviously, we see we see the shikans are all represented in festivals, in wedding, in social occasions, everywhere. Uh, and especially if you go to the region of Casablanca, Asafi, Jadida, Rabat, these are the areas where the shikans style are strongly present in these areas. So. In weddings, you must have the shikats, you know, to, to bring the blessing, to sing about history, to, you know, to, to, it's more of a, it, you know, in this area, and if I may say it that way, it's more equivalent to what would the Tarab present, you know, because what's the Tarab? Tarab is poetry. Tarab al-Arabi, Tarab al-Arabi is poetry. You know, Amrukatum have sung poetry. Mm -hmm. Half in a sung poetry, do you know what I mean? So these are equivalent. I'm not going to say in line with, but you know, equivalent. But obviously, unfortunately, because of the dialect, because of the language, because of the, because of so many things, it's only Moroccans that would understand shikhat. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I'm not being, you know, big-headed here about that. But it is an art, and it is a dance line, and it's a, it's a, it's a. a it's a culture that has to be shared and has to be widely known, you know, and the time thing. So coming back into, uh, oh, in terms of the shikhat, I mean, I'm not going to go through because, I mean, this is a subject that I could be talking for hours and hours, you know, and, but all I can say, the style of the aita or the different aita, which is the different poetry style that shikhat sings, there's nine of them in the country, in the, in the in Morocco, so there's the nine different Aita style. Imagine if each area that the, the dancer or the year, the singer um, is singing a story from that area. So we've got Aita Hasbawiya, we've got Mersawi, we've got Melalia, we've got Hans, we've got so many, we've got nine, nine of them. But I'll go into that for whoever's interested in details on the day we're going to do the um, actual workshop and begin a bit more, you know, uh, about it. Now, the shabi, the difference between the shabi, now the shabi is, uh, I mean, when, first of all, talking about the word, and it is Arabic, it's Arabic in Middle East, same as in North Africa, it's just the dialect is different. 
Okay, uh, with the Nazi, you've got an American accent, I might, I might be classed as a British accent, but the English is English, if that makes sense. Okay? Yes. So the word shabby is exactly as referred to in Middle East, is someone shabby, someone sociable, someone easygoing, someone loved by wide variety of, you know, people, someone, you know, accepted and what have you. And the sharp are people, so sharp people this is the this is the actual meaning of the words yeah sharp people shall be it's someone referred to as someone sociable likable easygoing this and that and that now the style shabby is exactly it, it refer it's it actually means it's um, the, the style it's that is widely listened by the majority and liked by the majority of people or nation of certain Areas. I mean, we've got a Raksi Shabi Tunsi, Tunisian Raks Shabi. So that's the Shabi that from people to people, if that makes sense. From mm -hmm. from those people to two people. But the Shabi, it's what we call a close cousin to Shikhat. It's roots from the Shikhat. So the root of the Shabi comes from Shikhat itself. But it's all over the years, it has adopted some movements and customs from various other folkloric forms. So the Shabi is not just Shikart, but it, it, it took from Shikart, but it took also from other styles, if that makes sense. Yeah, so the Shabi is the global. Uh, and obviously, um, uh, like I said, various groups like Abhidhatarama, which is another different folkloric style, that the Shabi as a style took the music and took the singing from. Um, and all different, you know, different folkloric styles from the the Atlas region. It varied, the music equally varied. It comes from many schools, obviously, and it's increasingly influenced by the Arab music from outside Morocco and by Western music technology. So Moroccan Shawi is a popular music type style. It's people's music. It's originally performed outdoors, usually, um, and it's like it says, likeable and liked by the majority and listened by the majority. And it expresses views, it has expressed to me the Shabi, it's, it's, I mean, like, like during the French, or under the French, you know, um, um, if I may say, you know, when we were on the French colony, we used to see groups outside, just outside of the streets, singing about freedom, singing about that, just getting their own rhythm. Now that is itself a shabby because he's singing, but he's passing the message, do you know what I mean? So mm -hmm. that is itself, it's, it's you know, it is um, a shabby. Um, I'm not going to go through details about shabby and the rhythm and, and, and you know, but we'll do that on the day. But all I'm going to stress on is that shabby, uh, it began as very informal, uh, and it has developed through the years and it has changed. So you see the influences from the Western music into the Shabi style, and that's including the dance as well. So the dance has been influenced, uh, you know, type thing. Now, the difference between Shikata's style or Shikhet, what rocks the Shabi in terms of the dancing, Shikhat tells stories, okay? The dancers always finish off dancing that story that the shikats are representing, okay? The shabby, it could be enjoyment, it could be wedding, it could be celebration, it could be anything. 
the intents of the movements, the shag it can take from Shikhat, but it can add other folkloric style, like from the Amazigh Atlas, like from the, 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 the southern south, like from the Atlas Mountains. So any folkloric style that she, she, when you dance in Shadi, you can add that into that style. And you know, it's not gonna affect anything because that's called Shadi. Shadi is the global, Shikhat is one style, yeah. So uh, yeah, and like I said, Morocco is very rich. We are a very diverse country and we, we do have a lot, a lot of folkloric dance style. Not just these two, but these two are how am I gonna say maybe the word not the word popular because Amazir dance is very popular as well. Uh, but it's majority, the majority, you know. If you go to any wedding, Berber wedding or you know, any or Arab wedding or Jewish wedding, Shabi is present. Shikat will be played because people like that. The people like that. You can't go to an Egyptian wedding without uh, listening to Amkutum. That doesn't happen. It's always Amkutum. Always Amkutum on the plane. You know what I mean? So these, you know, you find them in, you know, in, 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 uh, in all Moroccan, you know, uh, celebrations. And, you know. That's excellent. And I love getting into the differences between these two because I think as people not of the culture, we, tend to lump things together, right? That's what people tend to do. So we're looking at these different dances and we're like, oh, these have some of the same moves. Maybe they're the same dance and it's not even remotely true. So having you come in here to kind of break down the differences and where each one belongs, you know, like in the context of culture really helps, I think, dancers who are watching YouTube videos or are more interested in North African dancing and are starting to dive in and, and do more research, know what they're looking at. Because if you can know what you're looking at, it makes it so much easier to move forward with your research and to continue studying and learning. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think that was the whole idea. And I'm, I have to say, I'm very grateful for choosing subjects because I think I, I think whenever people mention Nawari, it's always the word Shikat seems to be my trademark for some reason. So everybody refers on Shikat, you do Shikat. But I, I, it's not about just getting up and doing Shikat. And, you know, it's about passing a message. It's about sharing the knowledge. It's about trying to see. Because don't forget, another thing between quotation marks, we don't have schools of the dance in Morocco. Okay, mm -hmm. we do have the contemporary uh, dance schools, contemporary dance schools, the ballet dance school. But I'm afraid there is no Arabian or Moroccan dance schools in Morocco. So for us as teachers, and that doesn't come from just me, that's from of my fellow teachers as well. For us, the Western in West in general or Europe in general is where the Arabian dance school exists. Mm -hmm. So for us, is any information to be shared is to be shared with you guys on first, because you guys are going to be passing it on afterwards. So, you know, especially on this subject, this subject, I'm, I'm afraid, I mean, in fact, when you go, even when you Google it, it's not an easy to find an information about. No, it's not. I actually tried to do that before this lecture or this podcast to like, you know, educate myself a bit to coming into this. And I was 
surprised at the dearth of resources that Google could provide for me. Absolutely. No, you can't find the information on that, unfortunately. It's not available because people haven't put it up online because they don't know much about it. It's only very few teachers, very, very, very few teachers um, that actually, you know, took the initiative of writing about shikhat, uh, uh, shikhat as a kosher, as shikhat as, as a subject, shikhat as a turat, as, as, yeah, that's it, as a, as a kosher. As a history, as a history, you know, for what we carry with them. But in terms of the dance, because I mean, I've heard various things saying, well, she had to go dance, she had this, she had just a singing. It is a singing, but there is an, an the end of the dance. And this is where she comes in, or the she for the group of women, or the performers comes out and basically either to finish the story, what that main she has been singing about or doing a pride, what we call a pride dance. Pride dance. I mean, le, 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 uh, le, le. how am I going to work this in English? I'm trying to find my word. I'm trying to be correcting the words because that's very important. Uh, pride dance, let's keep it back. Pride dance, finishing off either with, uh, you know, this shooting. I, you know, it's, it, I will explain all that on the day, um, obviously, when we do the uh, thing. But, Whereas Shabi, Shabi, you can do anything in Shabi. You can do, you know, the some of the um, uh, Amazon moves, steps, clapping. You know, you, you can do anything. In fact, there is a joke. If you play one piece of Moroccan Shabi and you get someone from up north, from Tangier, and someone from Agadir down south, Agadir is uh, an Amazigh city, is a capital of Amazigh, uh, one of the capitals of Amazigh city. If you get someone from up north and someone from uh, uh, down south with one piece of Shabi music, the northerner who will dance it with his, how am I going to say, north influence, and the southerner will dance to the same piece of music with the south influence, if, with the Amazigh influence, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. But, you know, that's, that's, that's just to show you, you know, so yeah, um, they are, they are very important subjects. Um, I think sometimes what we've seen in certain uh, competitions, especially when, you know, certain competitions that I've personally attended, is people like, you know, it's not the, the, the scarf, the Muzuna scarf and the, the kaftan that's going to make me look like a shika and I can jump up and down and with the hair and look like I'm a shika type thing or I'm a shika dancer um it takes a lot more than that you know to um you know to actually be able to present a dance form of this time um obviously there's like choosing the right music choosing the right uh context of the music as well uh presenting it properly um you know it's 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 not easy it's not easy for Moroccans either you know <laughs> it's not an easy thing so yeah you have to respect where it comes from, right? So much of what we do as like myself, right? As a Westerner, as someone who is not of the culture, you can't just like smash it together with some dance, some Middle Eastern dance moves that you know, and like, hey, we've done the thing. Like you need, you need to do these workshops and learn the style of the dance and the culture of the dance and all of these pieces so that you can represent it appropriately when you go to do it. Right, yes, it can, and it can upset, it can upset because you said sometimes you don't know, you, you, 
it's very tricky, especially now with the internet and this, you know, digital thing everywhere that you can see it on your, from your phone in your own place, you know, it's not like before, but I think we have to be very careful, we have to be very, very careful in presenting ethic, we want to help you present. I mean, I used, I used to do, do uh, Sharpie, which is, for me, Sharpie is Egyptian, um, a lot, but I think we've seen some fellow dance teachers coming in and hearing and Beginning into more, I'm very much cautious now getting up and saying, right, you know, I can do the sharpie. And I don't love sharpie, don't get me wrong. I love the melody, I love the sharpie, I've got that sharpie feel. Uh, I, I was very fortunate to be referred to as Moroccan Fifi, one from one of my uh, fellow colleagues. <laughs> you know, it was absolutely a brilliant, you know, best thing I've ever, comments I've ever had. But it, I'm very cautious, I wouldn't, I wouldn't represent it now. I'm, be very very careful because you know you don't know who you don't know whom you're gonna upset and you don't know whom you're gonna be you know so got to be very quite careful but this does not mean that we don't want people to learn it no please do come do learn it it's very energetic dance it's very hyper it's very fulfilling it's very feminine it's very inner soul dance it's like a Khaliji. Khaliji, you know when you dance Khaliji, Khaliji is not one, two, three, four, and all that. Khaliji is a feel. If you don't have the feel, you can't dance Khaliji. Khaliji mm-hmm. is inside. You've got to get it inside to give it out. Similar with the, 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 the Haitha, with Raqs al-Shikhat, or Namak al-Shikhat, or the style of Shikhat. It's, it's, it's from within, you know, giving that feel and start, you know giving it a go and um, learning the proper moves for the proper style and representing it. Um, it should be fine. I was talking to one of the, um, um, you know, the, the teachers recently, and we were just talking generally about, you know, as we, you know, um, um, as it happens, you know, about different styles, you know, this and that and that. And I've always, always turned around and said, there isn't anything referred to as Moroccan dance style. Even though mm-hmm. you see it and you see it advertised, no, it should not be referred to as Morocco in that time. Morocco as a country is diverse. We are a rich country, we very diverse, rich country. We have got Ghibli, we've got Banjari, we've got the Atlas, we've got the Amazir, we've got Zeus, we've got Rikada, we've got the House, we've got El Ghedra. So Rather than doing Morocco, and you say, for example, oh, I went to Morocco. Okay, well, which part of Morocco? Morocco is not one point, it's not a big country, you know what I mean? Which part? Oh, you went to so-and-so. So it's the same thing should apply into the dance. So why does Egyptian in Egypt, I'm doing Baladi, I'm doing Shambi, I'm doing Nubian, I'm doing Siwa, I'm doing... So there is the title of every single dance style. Whereas when it comes into particularly Moroccan dance, Oh, come and join me. I'm going to do a Moroccan dance. Hello. Which, Which one? <laughs> and I've said that, you know, I'm talking to the, uh, to, um, uh, like I said, friend, and I'm just like, there isn't anything as Moroccan dance. We need to make sure, we need to send the titles. People need to know the difference between Regeda and Shabi, Regeda and Shihad. Ghibli and Amazir, and even though in Amazir, the different styles of uh, that's Amazir. There's, mm-hmm. Hawara, there's, there's so many, Zeus, there's so many, so many. So we need to actually specify and put the words. So let, now we're growing. Now our styles are getting to be known and seen. 
Now let's share them properly and let's sell paper right. This is what we need to call it. And this is what has to be not referred to as Moroccan dance, Tunisian dance, Libyan dance. Okay. And guess whatever dance is going to be, leave that up to you. <laughs> yeah, and, and yeah. And another thing as well, you were talking, I'm sorry, I'm just saying, you know, a friend of mine, she tells me, no worry, when you talk, you don't stop. But I'm thinking my head is full of information. I'm trying to process much, not missing anything. I don't think, I think maybe, and I'm privileged, and I'm going to have to say it out, out and loud. I wasn't born, um, and I didn't live to the stories that I was told by my mum and dad. I didn't have any stories told by my family. I lived those stories. I lived seeing shikhat. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, uh, witnessed the shikhat and the shabi. So it's not my mama told me and my dad that told me that's what happens and that, no, no, in my childhood, uh, in fact, in my and in our area, we've had the, uh, the, the the Arab, the Amazigh, the Jewish, the French at the time, we were French, you know, and you can see them, everybody's got ceremony. I've seen what they've done. I've lived. I wasn't told the stories, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that's, that makes a huge difference, though. That makes, because you lived it, you've seen it, rather than, you know, you were told about it. Yeah, so... Uh, from here, I'm just trying to share and stress, guys, if you like um, Morocco as a country, if you still like the couscous, the tagine, the uh, whatever, you know, anything to do with the food and you wanted to learn a bit of culture, uh, please do study it properly. Please do take the terminology correct. Please do use the correct move for the right, correct style. Absolutely. And I think the same care that it's the same things that draw us to like Middle Eastern dancing to the different Beledi, Shabi, Nubian, Saidi styles of Egypt. The same things that draw us to all of those dances, like the dances of Morocco also have, They, like you were saying, they have the feeling, they have the, so many people talk about, you know, being drawn to Middle Eastern dance because of the, the feminine energy of it, right? You hear that all the time. Like all of that exists within the dances of Morocco. And so I see so much opportunity for dancers to dive into these new styles and expand their knowledge and expand what they know with North African dances, with the dances of Morocco and the dances of Tunisia, and and to jump into this whole new world of dancing. Absolutely. It's like when you learn foreign language, when you learn foreign language and you sit down and you start learning it, you learn the right terminology for the right thing. What do we call this? What do we call that? What do we call that? You know, you don't mix and match it. Mishimash, what we say in English, mishimash, you know, sort of, you know, sort of thing. But it, it is. And for us as teachers, and for us, that's especially people, I mean, I, I'm not somebody that just for the last five years I've decided to do this. I mean, I, luckily enough to show that I've been in business for more than 20 years as a, as a, as a dance teacher, as an Arabian dance, uh, a Moroccan, if I may say, uh, dance teacher. And you know, for me, it's my, I mean, you know, there is a shelf life, like shelf life to anybody, but for me, whoever's going to come after me, please do take the information, please do pass it as you've got it, or as you've learned it, or seen it, and search more, keep going, keep going, it's not what, you know, you search, things on the internet are so easy, though, the internet could be misleading, because when you 
shikhat on YouTube, YouTube, it brings you God knows what. <laughs> Why the thing really? But through the research, um, through the research, do your own study, and um, you know, and solve, you know, solve them, you know, and take it. It's 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 a very energetic dance. It's very, like I said, very great dance. Um, it's it's um, expressive. You know, um, it's 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 about us as, as you know as a as an individual as a as a dancer. So yeah, no, and that applies not just on Moroccan dance, dance Tunisian dance Libyan dance Egypt as well. But you see, I don't know. In the last few years, I'm I'm not sure. The last few years, I mean, Iraq dance, the Iraqi dance, a few years ago. What we used to know about Iraqi dance, not as much. But obviously now we know that there is a Chubi. There is the Qawliya, there is the, uh, you know, there's a different Basrawi, there is all sorts of different style of the uh, Iraqi dance. Before, Iraqi dance for us is Khaliji. Iraqi had Iraqi, Khaliji, Khaliji, and you think that is the, it's not the hair, it's not, it doesn't just look like the hair. There's a different styles from different areas, and different styles from different areas are danced and represented differently. Now we do see the students know about that. The students know what Kaunia dance is, they know what Chubida is, they know what 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 what, you know. Um, so why not Moroccan dance? You know, rather than having a Moroccan dance. Yeah, that's a little little teeny tiny drop in the sea in the ocean. So you look for that. What's Moroccan dance? So no. We are doing two styles for the Bagidas bundle, and it is the Shikant and Shabi. And on top of my heart, I will show the best, the differences between the two styles, uh, giving the energy, giving the right, um, how am I going to say, music, uh, combination, styles, and all that. And um, hopefully we'll see more dancers start doing the Shikant. <laughs> I'm very excited. So, Noara, tell people how can they find you online? How can they learn more from you? Tell people how to interact with you after this podcast. Right. Okay. Well, if you haven't had enough of me and I haven't done your head in for this last <laughs> interview, please do follow me. And I am um, on social media. I don't use Instagram. I don't ask me why. I just can't get my head around it. But I am available on uh, Facebook. I am a Facebook uh, guru, if that makes uh, that makes uh, sense. You find me as Noara of Morocco on Facebook. I'm also available, obviously, via email, and that's Noara Dancer at yahoo.co.uk. Uh, I'm also um, uh, present on Twitter, um, and obviously. Uh, the new dance camp, you cannot miss the new dance camp. Uh, these uh, are my two beloved, beloved trips that I do to Morocco, and I do take dancers to Morocco to learn a lot more about uh, Moroccan dance from the dancers of origin and from the teachers of origin. Uh, and you will get to see the live entertainment in the evening in Arabia. So if you Google for no dance camp, all the details should come up. Um, and uh, please, if you have any questions, do feel free to get back and refer to me if you wish. I'd be happy to answer any queries. Awesome. I'm very excited for those to start back up again after all of this pandemic times, get people, get people traveling back to Morocco. I would also when we hope in next year, I mean, it's going to be okay. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but England has completely opened 
now, so we don't even have to wear the masks. Well, let's see where this is going to lead us to. <laughs> but we are, we have, we have got a very high hopes things will come back to normal. And um, yes, you know, you know, come, come. I mean, you know, just precautions. We have to be just quite cautious and you know, taking care of you know what we need to do, obviously, to be safe. Uh, but life should carry on, and life will carry on, and let's live it to the full. That's all I can say. Exactly. Nora, I have one last question for you before I let you go. We are actually trying to bring a little bit of positivity to the last 18 months of this pandemic. And I would like to know what has been your most positive dance experience throughout the COVID times? The dance experience, the most positive ones, um, it wasn't a dance experience. It was the interviews that I that kept me going because um, all of a sudden after dancing all the time and doing like Lumi and, uh, and everywhere and sometimes even forgetting my luggage and my need to pack and all that and all that it went in from an extreme to another into a complete drop um, the only thing that gets me going during the pandemic is when I set up these interviews with the lovely wonderful dance teachers from around the world and connecting with them and most of them I mean they felt really 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 happy uh, to be seen again and to be part of the uh, thing. So that kept me going. The successful dance experience I've had is um, the events we were doing via Zoom because that kept us going as well. So we, we had something to look forward to. Preparation. I've done Moroccan hazlers via Zoom. I've done Moroccan, um, uh, you know, gatherings via Zoom. Unfortunately, we couldn't go to Morocco last year and I've done a gathering as well online via Zoom. So there's been quite a few things that we've created. We have to create to keep going because otherwise, you know, it would just be gonna, you know, it would just be gonna. Uh, so I think recently we went back and we danced live in one of the uh, festivals in Turkey, in the south of the UK, and that was absolutely brilliant. It was lovely to hug everybody again and dance and all that. So we are building hopes, and like I said, we have got high hopes things will go back to normal. But yeah, during the pandemic, yes, it was hard, but we did very, I personally did various things to get me out of the misery uh, type thing. But yeah, it was quite a few things actually that, you know, were positive in my, uh, in my, uh, in my, uh, in my pandemic time, if I may say. <laughs> Awesome. Noir, thank you so much for spending the time to educate us today about some of the dances of Morocco. I cannot wait to jump into this class with you and get some more learning, get some dancing in there, and really start to understand these differences with not only my brain, but also my body. Thank you very much indeed, Tiffany. Thank you very, very, very much for having me. And I am absolutely excited to be part of the uh, Dance Fund of this year. I cannot wait. I cannot wait at all. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And hopefully uh, see you at the workshop. Yay. Everybody, thank you so much for listening. And we will talk to you soon. Bye. One of the things that initially drew me to Middle Eastern dance was the rich history and culture that came with the beautiful movements and music. I love taking these forays into the dances of other Manat countries to expand and grow my knowledge of the dances. 
And boy, did we learn a lot about the dances of Morocco today. And this is just a tiny fraction of the information out there. Learning more always does show you how much more there is to learn. As we dance Manat dances, it is so important to take the time to study and learn the original context of what we're doing and representing. I'm so thankful that Nawara joined us today to help us down the path of more understanding and hopefully provided you a springboard from which you can continue to do more research and learn. You can find all of Nawara of Morocco's social links so that you can keep learning at thebellydancebundle.com 86. We've asked Noara to give us a couple of YouTube videos that are the correct dances, because you know YouTube can be hard to navigate sometimes. You'll be able to find those on the show notes page as well. Thank you so much for joining us today. 